Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hi, this is T calling in. Hello. Hi, this hi, is John. How are you? Oh, hi, John. Hello, who is this? It's Deborah. Oh, hello. And I think maybe Kathy Ann? Nope, this is T in Massachusetts. T, oh, hi, welcome. Thanks. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you. And John, I'm excited that you made it. I thought, I thought you might be on the road. We are on the road. Oh, good. I'm okay. I'm I'm just left uh, Farmington, Missouri. I, I I think I'm about um an, an hour and fifteen minutes from St. Louis, so that, that should be about right. All right. While well, you're multitasking. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, and we're always multitasking. We're always multitasking, even though um, sometimes it's better not to be, right? That's right. <laughs> well, as long as she's not the one driving the car. Oh, I are am. You, the one, you are the one driving the car. Oh, John. <laughs> Figures. I should have well, known better than to say that. Oh, yeah. I hope it's but on no, speaker it's, then. It's, it's on my, it's on my uh, overhead thing. It's like talking to my husband. <laughs> it's the same thing. Got it. Okay. I'm not holding anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't text yeah. and drive and all that, yeah. Yeah, I think so, Mike just made that illegal. Um, you can well, be that's on a, a good thing. Be, oh, my Lord. You can be on the speaker, though, like the... Um, the computer thing, but not you can't be touching your phone. Mhm. Mhm. That makes sense. So, so how you're in Massachusetts? Yes. Yep. Where? I'm um in Needham, Mass, which is next to Newton. Um, about four. I know where that is. Yeah, that's not far from Wellesley, right? Right. It also touches Wellesley. Yeah, I used to live in Wellesley. That's great. Are you having uh, summery weather over there in Massachusetts? We've been getting a lot of weather in the 80s and occasionally a cooler day. Nice, nice. And I think it's been warmer than that in where you are, John, huh, in St. Louis and even down in Louisiana. We've been in Louisiana, and we uh, we contemplated not coming back because we're hitting a heat wave in St. Louis, and it'll be cooler in Louisiana than it is in St. Louis all week. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how ironic. Uh, bummer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was actually pleasant in Louisiana. It was nice. Wow. Well, that's not that's not what I would expect, but I'm glad for it's you. It's not that's good. No, totally not normal. 
Yeah, I've never been to Louisiana, but maybe someday. Oh, it's an awesome oh, place. Totally beautiful different from state. anywhere. <laughs> beautiful state. Well, you said we have nine people? We could have up to nine people. I've had, you know, a couple of people, two who um, may not be able to make it, but then I added one this afternoon. So we'll just see how many people actually get to come. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Oh, I'm excited. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I got the time right this time. Excellent. Well, it's always a challenge for me. I I've made the mistake often enough that I kind of freak out every time I have to deal with crossing time zones, but we're doing it, so we'll be okay. I think we only have two time zones between all of us. That's good. It that looks makes like it's mostly, mostly Midwest, right? Um, well, and, and East Coast mm-hmm. and Southeast. And East. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you got a southeast yeah. person? Where are they? I got a Georgia. You got a Georgia? I got a Georgian, yeah. She's the wow. one I talked to today in Tacoa, Georgia, oh, which wow. I want to look up because I don't know. Yeah, we used, to, we used to go to camp in Tacoa. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, camp in Tacoa. Yeah, I used to go to singing camp in Tacoa. Wow, you <laughs> a long time ago. You've been a lot of places. You have a good well, geography. No, my my family's in Atlanta, so it's not too far a stretch. Why did I think they were in Louisiana? That's well, that's where everybody's from. We have a place in Louisiana, so we all meet there. Okay. But the majority of them are in uh, just north of Atlanta. All right. Well, see, I just learned something new. (laughs) I already learned something, and I just got on the phone. That's good. (laughs) Not about a... Not about authentic goatee, but, you know, we'll... private That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a journey, huh? Absolutely. Well, we're just waiting, waiting here. Hopefully we get more people. And what time is it? It's a little after seven oh one, huh? Everything I look at has a different time in my in my house. So I'm gonna use my computer here. Kathy Ann is here. Kathy Ann, hello, welcome. Here's our Thank Georgian. You. And Bridget, we were just here. talking. <laughs> well, we have um, Jean and T on the phone, Kathy Ann, with you. And did someone else just say hello? Yep. Yeah, Bridget Tharp is here. Bridget, hi, Bridget. Hi. This is Bridget Tharp. So we have, and Bridget, you are in Iowa today? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's correct. Well, welcome. Thanks. So we have uh, four callers at this point. We'll see if we get a couple more, and then we'll start rolling here. Hey, Deborah, it's Monica. 
Hi, Monica. Hi, How are you? Hi, Monica's here in the Chicago area. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for pulling all this together. Well, thanks for coming. I've never done this before. Uh, you know, done a big phone meeting like this before. So I hope you'll bear with me, everybody, and just help me out if I'm getting stuck or whatever. Oh, sure, it's a I great idea. You're doing just fine, Deborah. Deborah. So far, so good. So far, so good. All right. Well, maybe I'll just, uh, it's now 7.03. I'm going to wait just one more minute and see if we get one or two more, and then I'm going to start just introducing what we're doing here and having everybody talk about what you're doing. That's the most important thing. Okay, so, so far, I know I have Bridget, T, John, Monica, and Kathy Ann. Do I have anybody else on the call? Not everybody. Okay. Well, that's, that's not bad. Um, welcome to the call, everybody. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just start babbling a little bit, and then I'm going to ask each of you to share what you're what you're doing um um i have started a private practice about six years ago i think everybody knows that bright futures and um it's like the most fun thing i've ever done in my life and um well not ever in my life my career life that's my kids will have their feelings hurt if they hear me say that kind of thing and my husband um, and Ken, my <laughs> husband, is here uh, helping me with just the mechanics of the call. So he uh, is listening to us and going to help me if I do something to cut us off or do something crazy. Um, and I, about two years ago, I had this little brainstorm that, like, I really wanted to see more people doing private practice in OT and doing stuff that was really innovative. And so that's why I started this authentic OT uh, company, and we became a company officially. We became an incorporated company just in the past few months, really. So um, that's what this is about. And one of the things I want to do is just to bring OTs together to um, inspire each other and inform each other and be supportive mutually in getting innovative and what I would call an authentic private practice going so and that's authentic is defined by you you know not really by me but something that people need and that you really want to do and that you'll love and kind of get us out of the factory situations that so many OTs seem to get stuck in these days where they just are running from client to client without really feeling like they're doing the great OT that they want to do so that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it so, um, and all of you are in various phases of what you're doing. So, 
I think um, I would like to call on Bridget to talk a little bit about what she's up to. Would you mind that and starting us off, Bridget? Sure. So I'm an OT in Iowa, and I worked in um, acute care in the skilled setting and then most recently pediatrics for two years. And then I started talking and working with Deborah. Um, I think it was like fall of last year, September maybe. Mm-hmm. I um, think so too. Yeah. yeah, and started to think about um, starting a private practice similar to what she was doing with Bright Futures, focusing on teens and young adults. I um, wanted to specialize in helping people with autism. So um, I started planning that, and then I kind of got cold feet maybe and really wanted some more confirmation. So I went to work at a school that specializes in working with teens and mm-hmm. with autism, so specifically a secondary school for people with autism up in Minnesota. So that was like my most recent adventure. But being up there, I still felt like I um, couldn't really practice in my full capacity as an OT. And I felt like a lot of teens with, um, maybe they aren't qualifying for services, but yet still have a lot of needs and still wanting to be out in the community working with people where it matters and reaching that population that, isn't really being reached and so I have fully committed to starting a private practice and I started that um, really like getting everything together in April but then I started with group services and that started in June so I've been actually working with clients since June and right now I have seven teens in a group we did have um, more interest in a young adult group, but it was like hovering between five and six young adults. And I really wanted six that could commit. And um, I noticed like with vacations and then um, a couple people in my group weren't ready to fully commit. So um, the young adult group, I just set my group schedule for this fall. So I'm going to offer it then because I've gotten a lot of feedback from the community and from parents that it's such a need. And I'm meeting with a clinical psychologist next week, and she wants to refer Ooh. more people. And uh. let, um, I live in, like, a corridor area where there's a city, and then the University of Iowa is in another city, but it's no greater than 20 miles in between us. So really, I could be serving both of these cities. So she has some connections in Iowa City. Um, so expanding there. So I'm definitely going to offer groups. And then what I hope will organically happen is that um, some of my, the people in my group, will that'll turn into individual services and we'll see what happens. So I'm kind of testing that out. But Excellent. Thank you. Does anybody have questions for Bridget at this point? Or do you want to just how did you mark how how did you mark it to get the group um going for the young adults or the teens? So yeah, that's a great question. I am familiar with and use the PEERS program. It's P E R S. It stands for the program for the education and enrichment of relational skills. Um we use that at our school and I marketed it such as it's for people 
with and without a diagnosis of autism, and I kind of gave some characteristics. And then I met with a teacher here, and then she connected me with the school therapy system. So we have an AEA. Um, and they passed it around to the local high schools because I had interest from people from many different high schools. And it even reached somebody that lives like 40 miles away from where I'm at, and they're coming. So that's a really, that's wow. really good feedback that somebody yeah. Yeah. has that need. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I sure. Oh, I was wondering what your initial evaluation process is like. Um, I made an evaluation that's similar to um, what would be an occupational profile. It's very much focused on what the parents' concerns are, and I jointly wrote goals for what their concerns are in relation to social interaction skills. And I did put in my policies and procedures what my evaluation process looks like, and I kept it very client-centered, and I noted that for groups that that might be focused only on one area of occupation, so not a full assessment. To find if it was a good fit for the people in my group, I did individual phone interviews since I was still living in Minnesota and going to have the group in Iowa. So I did meet with families and kind of gauge to see um, where their child was at socially from talking to the parents. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on. And if you have more questions for Bridget, we're going to come back around after everybody gets a chance. But I just wanted you to have an idea of what she was up to because she is um, pretty far along in what she's doing. Um, I'm thinking maybe next we should hear from Monica. Because Monica, I think you're also in in already seeing clients, right? Well, maybe then we should have had me first. <laughs> Who first? We're we're uh, we're slow here. So we've done two complimentary visits. So first off, um, okay, I have a business called Living Fully at Home, and it's gauged towards providing services that allow individuals, not just those that are aging in place, but um, younger adults, um, individuals with um, lifelong diseases, uh, conditions, um, and also individuals who may have a temporary um, limitation, um, physical or um, psychological, that we would provide services for a, a traditional OT evaluation, but also looking obviously at home modifications. So this okay. would include people who've been hospitalized um, with hopes that, you know, to decrease the cost uh, for the family um, in terms of a post-acute care setting that they could return home, or really to think about what are the real caregiving needs for an older population that may not need 24-7, but just as an OT coming in and critically looking at mm -hmm. um, what are those skills where they really need to have some assistance. Um, so we, we've we um, been at this uh, for not quite um, a full year, but the issues have been um, finding a niche where we can find that population um, that is able to 
do this as a fee-for-service. I don't want to get into Medicare Part B. I'm, I'm trying to make this something that we can really address um, individuals' needs. I've had experience as a home health therapist, um, so I have an idea of what that is, and also as an outpatient um, therapist. We are, um, we've done presentations locally, uh, primarily geared towards seniors. Um, and the issue that we're facing is um, these are well uh, community dwelling adults. And so when we've done a feedback or survey um, after the presentation, they'll fill it out for us. Uh, we've got really great uh, feedback about our presentation, but when you ask them about what their needs are, even though they may have marked that they've fallen three times within the last six months, they yeah. don't see themselves as needing these services. So uh -huh. it, okay. and we kind of knew that going into it, probably that it would be the um, children, the adult children um, of older adults. So I, I have a couple of guesses and ideas of what we need to focus on or if we start with one population or we just start with one service. But I worked as a care coordinator and um, I've also looked at the needs of people just to navigate um, the health system so providing those care opportunities as well. Okay. All right. So you're on the on the cusp of seeing clients. Um, T, do you want to talk about what you're up to? Sure. Um, I've been working at a Chapter 766 special education school for about 10 years as a pediatric OT. And it's a day school that kids who don't make it in the public school sometimes um, end up at and the districts are mostly paying. So at that school, I'm able to work on transition planning and life skills because the model is a little bit looser than in public school. We're able mm -hmm. to work on cooking and work on um, some of the needs that are identified by either the um, teen, young adult, or the family. Um, and um, I did recently did my um, doctoral capstone on transition planning, so I'm interested in working on transition planning on, in a private business model, which I've also see some pediatric clients in their homes or in my home office for um, private occupational therapy. So I would like to build that to offer some private transition planning services. Um, but mm -hmm. I haven't really got that started yet, but that's what I'm hoping to start marketing. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. That's very exciting. What kind of, what kind of work do you do with pediatric clients, private clients? Um, I do do a lot of what the parents identify um, that is their goals. And if the kids are old enough or they're teenagers, then the, the, what the teens are identifying or the um, kids that are old enough to really, you know, be able to voice it. Um, and so I it's mostly skills, like, like teaching skills to do um, tasks and activities. Is that what you're doing? Or are you, you're not doing sensory integration? I'm not doing I'm not doing air sensory integration. I am doing some things on sensory diet and having mm -hmm. edu educating the parents and the caregivers about how the sensory systems may be affecting and also helping the um, kids or teens choose things that help them attend or help them be able mm -hmm. to focus. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm working on ADLs and IADLs um, that come up naturally or that they target that they would like to be better at. So mm-hmm. I might use like the real questionnaire with them, that which is the role. Um, it's uh, R-E-A-L, but then it's the role activities of daily living skills or something like that. Um, okay. to, to identify things that they're behind on or that they want mm-hmm. to improve. Um, at work, I also use like the transition planning inventory and the COPUM mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. some of those, those MOHO assessments. Um, mm-hmm. so but it seems like it, what you're doing with your kids, with the kid clients, is going to just naturally um, translate up to older people who need transition help. So that's very cool. Yeah, because we'll work on safety or we might work on making something or cooking mm-hmm. or folding their laundry or um, whatever is identified as something that, you know, that they need to um, mm-hmm. be working on. But then we always try to build in some things they really want to do for fun that um, also important like leisure skills. Cool. Thank you. Ooh, who's next? Um, John, you want to talk about what you've been sure. up to? Well, um, I I just left a position at uh, at St. Louis University um, where I have been. Um, I started a practice with teens and young adults um, about seven years ago, and uh, kind of moved with it. They're college and career bound teens and young adults um, who had the devil of a time making friends. Most of them with autism or ADHD. Um, and so I have a kind of a twofold thing that I'm trying to figure out at this point. Um, one part of it is that I developed a program called OT on Campus um, where I started providing services. Uh, for the people who were arriving on campus who had autism through the counseling center at SLU and ultimately moved over to student health. Um, so I was doing primary care OT on the college campus. Um, There's a huge need, and it's not being met. Um, and so I got referrals from the physicians and the uh, psychologists and clinicians over uh, in, in um, the counseling and the student health center as well as a lot of the professors on campus um, when I was doing that. And so I, I intend to um, to continue doing some of that in the short run. Um, I'm working with, uh, with Wash U. Um, uh, it, I contacted their counseling center, and they said they could fill my schedule as much as I want it to be filled, which is great. So I'm going to be seeing them as, as a cash-only um, and I'm not going to bill insurance for that particular service. Uh, and they have a pretty pretty large population of people who can handle that. Um, and I'll be seeing them privately um, and working with them on transition issues, um, whatever they need for college. Um, the other piece of it is that um, I also have a, a, a few grants that I've received that help with the transition into the workplace especially in the STEM fields like manufacturing. Um, and so I want to develop some materials to ultimately work with companies uh, to make their environments more neurodiverse so that we can, um, we can better, uh, we can have 
places for people to go um, who are accessing college and then accessing the workplace. Um, that people just don't know what to do with them once they get to the workplace. So that's those are the things that I'm I'm working on at this time. Cool. Thank you. And Kathy Ann, we were just talking this afternoon. We just met today. Hi. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what I am working on, I actually work in home health, adult home health, and the reason why I'm doing that is because that's the only field right now that field allows me to work as an OT. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, it, people are working in nursing homes and hospitals, and it's like they're just running from patient to patient and not really getting to do what they went to school to do. So I got mm-hmm. tired of that. So that's why I'm mm-hmm. focusing on home health. But my main focus and why Deborah and I got on the phone today was because I'm looking to develop a private practice, and I'm trying to – I'm in the beginning stages. I only decided last weekend <laughs> that I'm going to be doing this. So right now I'm just doing my research and trying to figure out the best approach. Um, my specialty that I want to delve into is actually working um, in women's health, I have a background in craniosacral therapy, working with women um, with fertility issues, and I'm also a health coach in addition to being an OT. And I kind of went that way because I felt like OT wasn't doing it, and I wanted to be do more of the wellness aspect of it, so I started taking trainings and things that were more along the wellness um, um, avenue, the wellness direction. So that's kind of what I am doing right now, I don't have any clients on from the OT, under OT with that, but I've had um, health coaching clients that I've worked with. Specifically, I've had clients that I've done, you know, like yoni steaming and craniosacral therapy with, but nothing specific to the OT aspect. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. Where, where do you learn about health coaching, Kathy Ann? I don't even know about how do you, where did you go for that? Was uh, that I, like, uh, I attended the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York City when I lived there. Uh, that graduated in 2006. That was a brick-and-mortar kind of place where you went to classes, or was it online? At, or? at the time. At the time, they were doing live classes um, in Manhattan, and I would go once a month for, for classes. It was... Mm-hmm. And month, ten months long, and we would go once a month, and we would get we'd be there all week, like all weekend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And we would get so lectures. Really intensive. Yes, two mm-hmm. full days of lectures every week, every month. Um, and then you had to do additional, you know, like tests and stuff like that, just to to verify that you knew what you knew. Okay. So you yeah, have like a certificate in that? Is I have that, a certificate or? of completion okay. in that. Yes, I do. And they now do it online. They've transitioned to online um, platform, but but I was doing it, okay. it was live. Mm-hmm. Well, coaching, the whole thing of coaching for all kinds of different populations is such a um, a big thing right now, too. So mm-hmm. I think people are, you know, really open to that idea. A lot of clients would like the idea of being coached mm-hmm. as opposed to being therapized. Go ahead. There's a, there's I was just a saying great that at least resource. With the, I'm sorry? Oh, 
Oh, no, I was going to say there's a great resource that I used um, for a wellness course that I taught at SLU um, mm-hmm. called Coaching Questions. It's um, it's a little spiral-bound book that um, teaches people how to become coaches, and it's um, it, it's by a, a guy with the last name Stolzfus, um, S-T-O-L-Z-F-U-S, and he goes, he has, he has a chapter on, like, even how to market your business. But um, it's about how to dialogue Good with a person, different kinds of coaching uh, scenarios that you might do. Um, it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good book. A lot of it is review for us because we're taking histories a lot. But um, it's definitely, I think it's like $10 for the book on Amazon. So it's not expensive. Well, thanks. Thanks, John. That's helpful. Yeah, that's what this group is about, is talking to each other, sharing questions, getting ideas, um, getting support, because I know that starting a practice is it's kind of scary and it's complicated, and sometimes it feels kind of like you wonder, am I just in here doing all this work and nothing's going to happen. If I build it, will they come? I mean, that's what I was always freaking out about with Bright Futures anyway because it was really off-road and I knew that people needed it, but I didn't know if I could put it out there in a way that, that they would come to it and then I wasn't sure if it would work. But So I know that it's scary, you know, makes your heart flutter. And that's why having a group I think can be really helpful. So that's what I want to do. Um, so I'm wondering at this point if you want to talk about your, what are your main concerns right now? Um, what are things that you would like to use this kind of conversation for in the future? And when you talk, would you just say who's talking because I have terrible auditory processing. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's sad, but I, I, this is Jean, um, and I think that what would be really helpful is just the just getting some ideas on how to navigate the system. Um, you know, even if we're in different places, I think that. Uh, people's challenges, whatever population they're working with, are probably going to be fairly similar. Um, and we and we're all, uh, you know, we're all trying to figure out how to get these clients and how to figure out time management and all kinds of things. And so I think, I I think anything that we can do with um, with just identifying resources and figure out how to navigate mm-hmm. the system would be great. Well, but by the system. John, are you meaning like how to um, navigate the system? What system? The how to get how to well, market? Well, how to, you know, like we're going to hit roadblocks. Like you know, mm-hmm. people okay. aren't going to understand what we do, or or they're you know we're going to because we're in Absolutely. we're all talking about uh, departures from what people think OT is, and so that's right. Um, you know, we're going to be explaining ourselves all the time. It'd be really nice to put together our forces and figure out <laughs> figure out if there's That's, a way that we can uh, do that. You know, together. Yes, 
I love that. I think all those things are great. Now it's making sense to me. So explaining what you do, I think that, that we could help each other with that. You know, um, dealing with roadblocks. Yes, there will be roadblocks. I hit some things in my own process of, of doing Bright Futures startup uh, the first time. And I'm going to do it a second time here in the Chicago area. So we'll see how that goes. I'll be a startup again. Um, but there were some things that came up that, that really surprised me. It took me unawares. And so, yeah, we can talk about that and talk about what you discover on your trip too. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I'm interested in how people got their name out. Um, you know, if they wrote letters to ARCs um, or what kind of organizations they, if they wrote emails or letters to. Mm-hmm. That was key. Okay. Sorry, I didn't So I'm interested in any marketing tips that people have. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think um, the thing happens with the startup as far as market goes, just trying to figure out where is where is the best thing for your time and, and money. Um, mm-hmm. I'm torn between this idea of how to use social media to get the word out. Um, okay. Or in addition to that face-to-face networking, um, we've done some senior coalition that's had a meeting um, that other what we would think would be complementary vendors like caregiving agencies, healthcare navigators. Um, but I think um, to John's point, it's a difficult idea to express very simply, at least for me, um, what it is that we do that's different than, say, what they're determining already on their own. Um, for instance, you know, nurses who go in to do the medical management help the families determine what they need. Um, it's not necessarily, obviously, using any kind of standardized evidence-based assessment tool. Um, so, marketing yourself in terms of how do you really create that distinct service, and then where is it that you would put your efforts focusing on what first? Is it the face-to-face, phone, or kind of social media? And I guess some of that would vary depending upon who your audience is, is what I you know, have mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Hello? This is Lauren. Oh, we're still there. Okay. Oh. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Similar to the others, yeah, just being able to describe my services in a way that people understand but yet still exemplifies that we have a skill that's distinct and different and that like balance of like being able to share that but not sharing too much like clinical or OT jargon. Mhm. 
I like it. I think that might be what we would talk about next time. It's just like practicing, giving ideas with each other about ways to say what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that um, I had a long conversation with my brother, who is very far from being an OT, but he's a he's a really good businessman, and um, I talked to him about um, having OT in the title of my LLC and. Um, calling myself an OT when approaching a, a, like a, a corporation. And mm-hmm. he said, it, you know, I, and, and what it brought up for me was questions about um, when I would identify as an OT and when I would use my OT experience to create a position for myself or a role for myself. Like, do I always need to identify myself as an OT? And as a member of the profession, I'm very proud of the fact that um, we have so many things that we can do, and being one of those pioneers is a really great thing. But um, businesses don't always understand that. And so I think um, that's something that I, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate at this point. Well, Bridget, you've thought about that question too, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, I definitely. I'm still thinking about it. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I would appreciate any conversation about that, yeah. Yeah. What's your company name? Mine is Pathways Occupational Therapy. Oh, sorry. Pathways Occupational Therapy, right? Yep. Yeah. So you, you at this point you're using OT. Yep. Mhm. John, do you have a company name at this point? Yeah, it's called OT Everywhere. Okay. Nice. T, what's yours? Well, as you and I talked a while ago, what was really funny about it is the one I had come up with was Bright Futures OT. But I haven't <laughs> L- I haven't made an LLC yet, and I'm still thinking about what to um, change the name to. Uh-huh. Well, you could use that, you know. I haven't copyrighted or trademarked that name. Okay, yeah, I looked it up, and I also saw that um, being used in California. I was going to say, you know, the reason I didn't trademark that name is because it's everywhere. <laughs> and even in just little St. Louis, there was Bright Futures, the home for unwed mothers. There was Bright Futures or Bright Future pediatric OT practice that was for little kids. There was Bright Futures scholarship for people going to college. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is like... It's around every corner, so I couldn't trademark it even if I wanted to. Yeah, so right now I'm just using my name in pediatric OT, but I need to have something that more catches the point. Okay. Well, you have such a great name, T-Stock. I don't know how you could have a better name. I think it's very cool. Um, Thank you. But, yeah, so you're working on your name. Is Your your name is, is T spelled how? Um, it's my nickname, but I use it. It's T-E-E, and then my last name is Stock, S-T-O-C-K. Wow. I mean, Doesn't that sound like T-O-T, a movie star? like Tot, since you're working with children? <laughs> <laughs> what? Say that again? I didn't hear. Sorry. T-O-T, like Tot, you know, because you're working with kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, that's good, but I don't want to eliminate the teens and adults. Like young oh, adult. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Well, keep, but, keep thinking. But I was, if you want to, I, I was, you can run ideas by this group, if, you know. And. Yeah, I was joking at the um, at the capstone presentation when they wanted you to say what you're going to do to um, to um, make a mark in the world of occupational therapy. And I said, I'm going to write a book and call it um, Dr. Stock's Guide to Pediatric Occupational Therapy. There you go. To take off on Dr. Spock. Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to have a great name. Yeah, it's going to come out. We're going to get that going. Mm-hmm. And Monica, I forgot to say what you're, I know you said it, but I didn't, I don't remember. It's home. It's um, living fully at home. Living fully at home. So oh, that's awesome. I that's love great. It. Yeah. I love the I love all these. I like OT everywhere, living fully at home. Bright futures, of course, you know I love that. Um, and Bridget is Pathways OT. Very nice. And Kathy, you're you're not there yet, and that's okay. But keep start thinking, you know. <laughs> well, I have <laughs> been thinking. <laughs> oh, have you got ideas already? Do you want to share an the idea? one? Yeah, the one that I've been thinking is occupational therapy oasis is the one that I've been playing around with recently. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> OT Oasis. It's like a spa. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very just come into very a place fun. to get, yes, just come in to yeah. get re- and retreat and just get yeah. well. Mm-hmm. But it's about 10 cuts above going to the nail spa or something. This is a whole different thing. Yes. Whole, <laughs> that's why the occupational therapy part is it's important in that, yeah. So naming our practices, OT or not OT. <sighs> I don't think there's a single answer to that one, but I I kind of like OT <laughs> in the name. But I think it depends on what you're going to be doing and who you want to attract. But, you know, you are OTs. You've, you've earned this very high credential. And uh, I can tell everybody likes to hang on to it here, you know, because we use it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's but that's a family something. Mm-hmm. Um, where you kind of have to lure it in so they understand that you're going to meet that need. And, you know, as we all know, you say occupational therapist and it's just a screeching halt, um, especially if you're dealing developmentally with who don't have occupations as vocations. Um, and so what I've done, and I don't know that this helps or not, um, is on our website, the, the students where I teach at, the Midwestern um, University, we put together a really nice What is OT? It's a really short, quick video. So I've posted that on the website with it actually being in the menu as well. Um, take people there. And then my husband actually picks up on the idea that um, for us as OTs, being truly client-centered, we ask what's important to you, not what's the matter with you or what matters Mm -hmm. to you. And I had that very same thought. Um, We had it on our, that's kind of our main thing. Um, I love that. Capabilities. 
Yes. And what do you want? Yeah. Well, as I think about it, I don't have OT and Bright Futures either. And in that title. Um, and it didn't cause me trouble to not have it, you know, because the first thing out of my mouth was usually I'm an occupational therapist. Um, yeah. So if anybody was wondering, they would know. Um, I think it's just I think it's just important that you know people give you full understand that when they've hired you, they've hired somebody with very high level skills and knowledge. So whatever you know gets that across. I think another piece that we might want to um, look into is how we're documenting what we're doing um, because it, it probably has great potential to be very different for all of us, uh, but how we mm-hmm. happen upon um, the kind of documentation that we need to keep um, and, and how we evaluate our clients um, in, in this process too because we're, we're talking about different levels and we're not talking about insurance companies requiring anything, so we're sort of inventing our own rules, which I think is mm-hmm. so appropriate and so cost-effective for clients. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it would be interesting to see what other people are doing with that, too. Mm-hmm. Or what you, what you, yeah, what's possible. Mm-hmm. This is Kathy Ann. Can I share something? Please. I um, am currently part of a pilot program um, for this platform called Healthy, and it was originally created for um, nutritionists and dietitians. And now they're they're working on trying on allowing other professionals to use it and tweak it. So I'm part of a pilot program where they tweak in the terminology and tweak in fake forms and things like that for specific, to become more specific to occupational therapists. Hmm. And it's right now, because I'm part of the pilot, I'm paying $45 a month. And there's HIPAA um, regulation. It's all set up based on HIPAA regulations to where you can document based on using your own soap note format or there's a form that they already have pre-done that you can just fill in the information. Or you can create your own form, send it to them, and they'll put it in there for you. And there's also a form creator within that you can create your own forms as well if you wanted to take the time to do that. But if you already have a form, you don't have to do that. You send it to them, and they'll put it in there. Because I'm using it right now for my um, health coaching um, clients. And mm-hmm. my health history form, which is about two pages long, <laughs> I sent I emailed that to them, and they created it within my plat within my back office. So now I can just send it to clients, to fill out, and then it saves the information within each person's um, account. And everything so it's that you digitalized. Can mm-hmm. is, is digitalized, so you can create um, invoices, you can create the forms that you can e-fax things straight from that to doctors if they want that. You can actually print out um, e-fax the patients so they can send it to the insurance companies and stuff. You can do bill- there's billing codes already in there. Wow. 
something to consider. And um, if anyone's interested, I guess you can, because I have an affiliate to it also because I'm in there. But if you're interested in that, I, I guess I can send it to Deborah and she can send it out to whoever's interested. Well, you can. Yeah. I mean, do you guys want to share your emails with each other? I just didn't do that on the first one because I didn't feel like I should without asking. But, you know, I guess um, what I would say is if you want me to share your emails with each other, you can email me <laughs> and tell me that you want to share because I don't want you to feel like you can't say no here on the phone. But if sure. you want to share with each other, just send me an email, and I will start giving you access to each other's emails that way. Yeah, I think um, Kathy had Anne had an interesting point, is um, how are people um, making sure they're HIPAA compliant? Mm-hmm. And this is the way she's doing it? But there might be other ways people are doing it with drop boxes or things like that. So I'm curious what other way what other people are doing. I'm. Mhm. There's a okay. there's a free, um, if you're doing more of a medical model type uh, thing, even if you're not. But there's a a free um, online EHR program called Practice Fusion. And you can customize it in a million different ways, scan things up there. Um, the thing is, when you've got something that's free with medical records, um, they will mine those records unless you're really smart about how you enter your information. Um, and that's I did that for our practice in the um, in the OT department at SLU, and it was uh, it was interesting to put together because they're not really medical model, but it gave us a place to put those records. Mhm. I keep paper records, guys. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing paper also. And then, <laughs> and then what about I'm doing paper? You, so you don't email with any like attachments or? Oh yeah, um, I I do that, and I use an encrypted um, email. You know, and I have stuff. For my about my clients on a thumb drive that I keep in a locked place and that I keep on my person, but I don't have stuff in my computer um, as far as records and stuff. I don't have files, and I just write process notes by hand during the session usually because that's easy for me to do. I'm not good at typing while I interact with people, but I can write. I've been writing all night here, um, and I bet you didn't even know it. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it just, it's, to me, that works. And especially since my practice isn't hundreds of people, you know, where it's just real fast, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it that way. Now, if I have to write a report, occasionally I have uh, people who need a report for one reason or another, either for um another practitioner that is also in caring for that person or because their parents have requested a like a summary report of what's going on, then um, I type that. But that goes onto the thumb drive and I just give them a hard copy of it. Okay, so, that's helpful. So for our uh, area of practice, there's actually an OT, Carolyn Susan 
we put together a computer software package that we pay an annual um, membership fee. I'm not sure that we'll re renew it only because it doesn't allow us to put our name or logo anywhere. It has theirs on there um, unless there's a different um, setup. So we need to follow up with them on that. But the reason that made it attractive was that it was all secure and um, we could use it readily on an iPad, um, putting photographs into it because that's kind of a crucial thing for us um, mm. on it. Um, and then we would have a, a database, so to speak, so that we could go back. I think she's trying to develop her own psychometrics, and I'm not sure how she would be able to do that as a private practitioner, but she's using something loosely based off of like the COPM of like a, a scale um, mm. of what the patient functions like before the intervention and then after. And mm -hmm. there's the option to insert um, your own assessments in there, but it is a nice little flow where it goes from room to room. So it, it makes me curious as to, you know, what kind of apps are out there that exist already. And I know AOTA has, like, some suggestions, but you know how quickly those things evolve. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if there are other OT-friendly um, platforms. And then the other issue is, since we're speaking of privacy, I've been going back and forth. I'm pretty familiar with HIPAA and the privacy requirements, having to have written those policies before. And because we're not focused on body function structure, health, as much as we're focused on task performance and looking at the home environment, I'm thinking that um, perhaps we could use a privacy policy. And I did find some uh, free ones, and there's actually a nice template also through HealthGov. Um, also, for more traditional, it tells you exactly what you could use um, in terms of what it contains. But I don't know what everybody else's thoughts are on that. Um, it sounds like most of you are doing information that obviously requires protected um, health information. I'm not sure that we will, will have to do that or get into that because I'm not treating anyone mm -hmm. for any medical I'm not using a referral for a physician. Um, mm hmm, mm -hmm. That's how I feel too, Monica. I mean, yeah, I'm not doing a medical practice. I am doing a therapeutic practice though, and I think you have to have some guidelines and, and policies for protecting people's information, but I'm not sure that HIP, HIPAA is exactly the, the yeah. name of it. <laughs> I don't, know? well, I'm fairly certain that as long as we're not using any health information that mm -hmm. there's some diagnoses, um, if someone discloses, like even on the form that we have, if we choose to use her template for home for life design, um, we we could add that in there. But then it only exists in there, and that is secure. So that was that was the reasoning of why we looked at mm -hmm. that. Now that we're going through this. I think we need something that's a little bit more free form. And I know that when I went to a telehealth presentation by Jana Kaysen, um, they offered a slew of um, secure um, methods uh, for patient information um, mm -hmm. through Adobe, those types of platforms too. Mm -hmm. And I could put mm -hmm. those up and share it with the group. Well, I have that's fabulous. 
Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Any other any other burning thoughts? This is a lot, but you know, yeah. So is this something that that people want to continue to do to have a meeting like this? This is helpful. Sure, I, think, I think it'll be great. Yeah. All yeah, right. absolutely. I'd like to do it. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Are we thinking like once a month? That sounds perfect. Yeah, I think that sounds reasonable. That's a good one. Okay. All right. And then um, I'm going to ask you to email me if you give me permission to share your emails with the rest of the group. And if you don't, that's cool too. Yep. But that would be a way for you to to access, you know, um, to quickly give each other um, resources and stuff that we've been talking about. And I think that would be nice. Um, and, you know, I'm just really, really, really excited to meet all of you in one place, <laughs> to have you all in one place and, and uh, to hear you know, what you're doing. And I think that sometimes it's really helpful just to hear people making progress. It kind of spurs me on to think, yeah, I can do this, you know, um, and to feel encouraged that, it, that, you know, that it's accessible. Yeah. Um, so I will send out another doodle for a date in about a month for us to meet again. Um, and, you know, I'm available to any of you if you would want to meet with me individually. Um, I'm happy to consult to you personally about your specific projects, issues, where you are in the meantime. Um, I charge $90 per hour for that, and you would have me my full attention, and I can do homework for you if you have things that you want me to fetch, like resources, um, uh, ideas. I'm very um, happy to share whatever I have developed for Bright Futures that might be um, a fit for what you're doing, especially if you're doing something related to the transition for young adults because I would just, nothing would make me happier than to see all kinds of variations of bright futures in all kinds of forms out there because I just know it works and I think there's a lot of uh, misery and, and sadness out there with these wonderful young adults that have so much to offer and they are stuck at home. So, and I think that what what we have to offer um, is unique for them and, and is powerful. And I'm really excited about hearing what you're thinking about. Um, Monica, I think what you're, you know, you're working on your focus. You're going to find your niche. And uh, because there are, again, there's a lot of people that want to remain in their homes and have full lives who are older people too. Um, 
And you're looking at younger people too sometimes. And Kathy Ann working with women and the oasis. It's all good. Yeah. So the other thing I think is um and I don't know if this is a feeling amongst the group, but my non for profit heart <laughs> is still it's still beating strong and um because I'm I personally, my husband feels probably more comfortable struggling with this fee for service private pay. If mm-hmm. if any of you have contemplated or how you would manage or if you have done that already, um when you do prorating um kind of pro bono, how do you assess that and what do you do kind of thing? If if that's okay. what you want to do. Who's t- is this T? Oh, no, it's me, Monica. It's Monica. Oh, so you're wondering about fee-for-service and prorating or giving reduced price to people versus nonprofit? Well, it's more the idea of trying to find that balance. So if we're yeah, how is it, how do people use a formula or if there is one or if it's just something gut feel or do you have, the not-for-profits that I worked for before, they would do a disclosure of their the family's finances to mm-hmm. determine the rating. So what would that mm-hmm. look like? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could certainly speak that out, but I'm just curious as to how many, if there are a lot of private practitioners that approach it that way or or maybe not. Um, well, I think I'm probably the one who could answer that. I've been to a number of workshops, um, live workshops and, and online things related to um, fee structures and payments. Um, you, I mean, you're making your own business, so you will make the rules for how you do this, okay? Um, a nonprofit is, has a lot of oversight, and, you know, they have to be really formal and say how they're going to do it. You can be real formal, and that, you know, probably takes some pressure off and say, um, you know, you want to know their income and and do that. Um, Or you can be less formal and say, um, you know, I want to give this person a break, and that's my decision, and I'll do it if I want to, okay? Um, I have got to the point where my way of helping people is I'm willing to put them on a payment plan because sometimes the work that I do needs to happen in a concentrated short period of time. All of a sudden we'll have a, we'll have kind of a slow pace or a regular pace that's fairly um, moderate. And then suddenly opportunities open up for my client and they need to have me with them to make those opportunities come to fruition. Okay. Like, Suddenly they have a bunch of job um, ads that they love and they want to apply to a bunch of things and they need help to do that. Or they have an interview and they need to put in, you know, some extra time preparing for that interview. Or we have an opportunity to go and tour a business that's exactly what they think they want to do and they need to go see it and it's going to take three hours. So, and it's time well spent. So suddenly they have a big bill. Um, and what I will say to people is I'm happy to just 
you know, put the, you just pay the amount you can afford monthly until it's over, until it's done. And in the meantime, you know, your, your young adult is starting a job or is um, enrolling in, a, in an academic program or is, you know, um, actually doing job applications when they had just not been doing them at all for so long. So, you know, they, I haven't had anybody not happy to do that, to be honest. In fact, it's been really gratifying. The number of people that I think, oh, my gosh, when they see this bill, they might be mad. And they're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you're like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, thank you for helping my son. Um, I, I had one family that I worked very intensively for a long time with their young adults. And I really was starting to sweat because I thought, my gosh, they must be upset with all these bills. And I called the mom just to kind of take a temperature. And she said, oh, my goodness, are you calling to quit? And I was like, no, no, no. And she said, oh, I was just so afraid when I saw <laughs> he wanted to talk. I thought maybe you were, you were quitting. I thought maybe you were giving up. I'm like, oh, heck no. <laughs> I'm not giving up. And I said, I thought maybe you might want me to. <laughs> and she said, no, no, I don't. You know, so I I think there are, that's one way to, does that answer your question at all? Yeah, you know, it's just trying to get a sense of what people are doing, and I'm hearing to say it more formally. I mean, that was, I I would love to do a non-profit, but I'm fully aware of what that requires, and that's not something. Mm -hmm. um, Well, that's, yeah, that's a whole world. Um, And it's a much more complicated, you know, in many ways, endeavor. So I'll be glad to talk with you more about that when when we have dinner. <laughs> Do you want? Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. And you know, um, you know, I have another colleague. I'm going to have to let her know about the call too. Um, I don't. She she might be available for the next one. And I cool her on that too. And she's um, she kind of does it by gut feel. You know, it's an individual mm-hmm. when I'm working. So that's what I do too. Yeah, that is what I do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I sometimes I realize, oh my gosh, you know, this is this is coming into a lot of hours of service that probably is gonna like be way overwhelming for folks, but I just really want to do it. So I'm just gonna do it. You know. Deborah, I'm gonna go ahead and sign off the call. Sorry to interrupt, but I have to get going. No trouble. No trouble. Thanks, okay. Bridget. Good talking yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep, bye. I, I think I need to sign off, too. Um, I'm almost at my front door. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's say goodbye, and um, I'll be back in touch with everybody, and thanks so much. Had a great time. Thank, thank you, you so thanks, much, Deborah. Deborah. Take care. Deborah. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 Good night. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.